Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Horror Obsessive Podcast. I'm one half of your hosting duo, J.P. Nunez, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Parker. How's it going, Sean? Oh, I'm, you know, alive. It's great. It's great. You know, that's <laughs> that's step number one. That's step number one, Sean. Yeah, You're not alive. You can't really do much. That yeah. is that is the dream. It is the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How you been? Oh, I I have been the same as always better for worse (laughs) so i did want to make mention so this is actually our this is actually the start of season two for us we have we have actually gone one full year around this is this is our anniversary episode really we we started in october October? i thought it was november is it november i thought we already had like 24 episodes or something and well, a year is fifty-two weeks. So, if, if we do, do the math, two so weeks, what's that? Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Okay, episodes. so you're probably right. It's probably two more episodes. So you should stop lying to our listeners, Sean. I got very excited. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but we do have something true to tell you guys, and unsurprisingly, it's coming from me, not Sean. Unsurprisingly, um, <laughs> yes, we lied to you all on purpose. Yep, yep. Speaking of lying, uh, if you listened to our last episode. <laughs> Speaking of lying. <laughs> from the mouth of Sean, once again. Um, uh, we were, <laughs> fair. Fair. Uh, like so it. this week, we were supposed to talk about Clue. Um, With the cast of Live Screamers. Yes, cast and director. But we ran into some scheduling issues. Uh, so that's going to be next episode. And on this episode, we didn't lie to you we, too much. We didn't mean to lie to you. Just has right, to right. It just you know, Sean just can't help himself. Um, I'm very good at, at lying. Yes. Yeah, that's not something I want to brag about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this week, instead of Clue, we are going to talk about the greatest horror anthology of all time: Trick or Treat. Are we holding for applause? I don't know what we're doing. Uh, I don't know. You you look like you want to say something. <laughs> and nope, I'm just kind of waiting. Yeah. Oh, no. Nope. Okay. Didn't, didn't know what was happening. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. No, no. All right. Nice, good, nice good tea up. Yeah. yeah. Great, great. <laughs> all right. But before we do that, uh, let's get into just some uh, some news. What's going on on Horror Obsessive? I'll leave this in your hands because since since COVID, I am just I – am, I am not fully – I am not fully back to to who I am as a human, so I will I will leave this in your hands to uh, to discuss. All right, all right. Well, luckily for you guys, I actually do my work. Um, let's see. So now I'm a liar and a deadbeat. <laughs> I mean, you know, Sean. Hey, you're the one saying it. You know, so True. I'm just all right. I'm so uh, I'll just stop so let so last episode. <laughs> Last episode, uh, one of the things I talked about uh, was my Fantastic Fest reviews. Well, our Fantastic Fest reviews. It was, uh, you know, not just me. Since then, we've had some other Fantastic Fest reviews come out. Some really great stuff. Uh, I saw a movie called Mushrooms, which is... Did you see it on Mushrooms? I did not. Yeah, I think you're missing an opportunity here, JP. I, I don't think so, Sean. I, I would like to hear the review of Mushrooms while you were on Mushrooms. All right. Well, you know, next time I'm doing shrooms, I'll uh, I'll let you know. But 
Don't hold your breath. You know what? Hold your breath. Let me know how that works out for you. Okay, one one thousand. <laughs> so mushrooms is about this this little old lady. She's out in the woods picking up mushrooms, and she comes across two people who claim to be lost. They and they they say that they need her help to get out of the woods and to kind of get back to to their home. You're not entirely sure if they're telling the truth, if they're trustworthy. What are their real motivations? And the whole movie is essentially about that mystery, and it's awesome. Um, so if you guys get a chance to check that out, either at another festival where it might play or uh, once it gets a general release to the public, I highly recommend it. Uh, another one. So I saw this movie called Sri Asi the Warrior. Uh, it's an Indonesian superhero movie. In some ways, it's a very typical superhero movie, but what what sets it apart from the rest of the genre is that it's very MMA based. It's very martial arts based. Um, so rather than being about big CGI spectacles, the fighting and the action is is mostly just martial arts. And it's it's really cool. It's really, really cool. So I know that's I know it's coming out on DVD in December. I don't know if it's getting a Blu-ray release ever. Hopefully it does. I think it might It'll probably come out in VOD around that same time too. So uh, I highly recommend that you guys check that one out too. What else did I see? And then I saw this movie called Letters to the Postman, which, oh, man, it's this. Is that a sequel to that Kevin Costner movie from the 90s? <laughs> I don't think so. No. But you know, Thank you God. never know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, oh, how, can I, how can I explain this movie? It's about this young guy. He takes a job as a mailman and he starts receiving letters from one of the people he get, he delivers mail to. And so they, they start, they become kind of like pen pals. And the whole thing is about the mystery of like, well, who is this person? What's really going on? And it's not really a horror movie. It's more of like, we've talked about this, Sean. It's more of a genre film. You know, and and, and I've I, and I use the word film very deliberately. Like it, it's kind of a highfalutin kind of a movie. We always call them genre films, but what we really mean is that they're just that fucking out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That it sort of doesn't fit anywhere else, and so uh, we horror people just sort of like to pick those up and. Uh, mm-hmm. them. That was pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I, it was. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, another one I highly, highly recommend. The only bad one I saw at Fantastic Fest, and it's not even bad, it's just not really my taste, uh, is a movie called Visitors. Uh, so the title of my review is uh, Visitors is a blood-soaked homage to Troma Entertainment. So, oh, this is a, this is a, my alley. This is <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a quasi-anthology film, except all it has three segments. And the three segments do come together and mostly tell one single cohesive narrative. I love the first two segments. I thought they they were excellent. But then the third one, which is half the movie, just goes, it goes all out on the the trauma and this. And it's just, it's not my thing. But yeah, I think you would love it, Sean. So you should definitely watch it sometime. I, I did want to tell you, um, last week, Vinegar Syndrome announced Mother's Day in a 4K. I uh, saw that. Edition. I so- saw that. And I thought of you. I, I've yeah. already, it's 
going to be part of my collection because of the subscriptions. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, yeah, I know you're a subscriber, so yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's on its way. Oh man, <laughs> uh, that uh, vinegar syndrome. They, well, you know, oh, I, somebody's somebody's got to like that movie, I guess. That's something that I've been I've been going through lately. I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched uh, Evil Judgment, which came out this month, and then uh, what is it, Terror Ten Killer, which I, I think was one of the month before's titles that i'm you know i i've got boxes full of this stuff that mm-hmm. i just oh, i man. can't keep up with it it's <laughs> it's just like something like that yeah, um, typical blu-ray collector yeah <laughs> yeah that's me all right so uh so in addition to those so just real quick in addition to those fantastic fest movies uh kind of the the three big new releases that came out this past weekend uh and i reviewed all three of them totally killer uh, which is on Amazon. It's a slasher comedy. It's basically if Back to the Future was a slasher movie. I know you saw this one too. Uh, I, I thought it was fun. Not not great. I had my issues with it, but at the end of the day, it was fun. I thought I laughed my ass off through it. I had a I had a really good time. Dan Chaka Khan, who's been who does like Fresh Off the Boat and uh, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment Twenty Three, she did this movie and uh, very like I had a I just had a great time. I mean, even just seeing Randall Randall Park was great. I kind of wish mm-hmm. his part was a little bit uh, bigger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I loved that the the killer was kind of a throwaway thing, and it became like another thing altogether like it was it was kind of like it was just out there and it was totally yeah, different yeah, than was, some really cool twists there I yeah thought. uh that i thought was was pretty good the i i mean the, i think the big thing here is that a lot of people have been comparing it to the final girls which came out a few years ago uh which didn't mm-hmm. get a whole lot of love and i thought was i thought was really good really funny oh, final girls was great the the thing about it is is that they are very similar movies that i mean they are you know a in girl a goes sense. back in time to yeah uh see her mother before she dies yeah. you know there's Something, a lot of yeah. there's a lot of stuff there that that's very uh, <laughs> very, very I mean that's true, but but I think beyond that, beyond that very general similarity of going back in time and kind of seeing her mother again, like beyond that, they're very different movies. Like Final Girls is basically Friday the Thirteenth, whereas Totally Killer is basically Scream. Yeah, it's a little. I I mean, but you're also comparing apples and oranges. Not like you're like these are. <laughs> These are both slasher films, man. It's still sitting in the same, but like they'd still be right next to each other. If you like this, check this because it's the exact same. I mean, film. yes, yes, but they're not, but they're not the exact same. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is, they, it's fine. They're different enough that it's okay. Yeah. Like, like, right, right. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's a, they're yeah. allowed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, you know, if you guys haven't seen it yet, um, we both recommend it. The the biggest release this past weekend was The Exorcist Believer, which everybody apparently hates, but I thought it was actually pretty good. I think the the connections to the original Exorcist are probably the weakest thing about it. Uh, if, if it all feels very shoehorned in, doesn't really have much impact on the narrative. Ellen Burstyn's great. She's Chris McNeil, um, the mother from the original Exorcist. Like Her performance is great, but her character's role in the story feels completely unnecessary um so that's kind of a bummer just a legacy send up like oh yeah yeah kind of yeah but on the whole like so one thing with this movie is it's very character focused 
it's, it's like the big strength of the movie is the character. Like you know, the, the movie makes you love these people, makes you care about what they're going through. And that really carries the movie from start to finish. It has some, you know, some creepy moments, some, some good horror, but it's not, it's not about the horror as much as you might expect. And I think that's one of the things that, that a lot of people don't like about it. But if you go in expecting that and knowing that, and uh, if you're okay with that, then I think you'll like this movie. I would recommend it. I say go check it out. Yeah, I think I'm going to have like a day where I just go to the theater, sit there and watch like Saw and that and maybe something yeah, else. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I plan on seeing Saw X, I think on Wednesday is when I'm going to yeah. go see it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm normally not a huge Saw guy. Like I love the original, but the sequels, not so much. But I've heard such great things about this new one that I, I have to see it. You know? Same. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a Saw movie in the theater. So this would, you know, this this mm-hmm. one's actually pulling me to want to go out and see it. So yeah. So hopefully it lives up to the hype. Last but not least, we have a movie that hit limited theaters this past Friday. Hit Shutter on October twenty seventh. When Evil Lurks. This movie is by uh, an Argent Argentine director, uh, Damian Rugna or Damian Rugna for you white people out there. Um, <laughs> Me, he, you're just, you're just, exactly, you're just exactly. for you, Sean. For Sean, yeah. <laughs> um, so he's the guy who did that movie, Terrified. Uh, it's on Shudder. Uh, it's a Terrified. really cool, sp- it's awesome. Yeah, it's and it's really a really good. cool spin on haunted houses. Mm-hmm. And When Evil Lurks does something similar. So it's a, it's a possession movie. But it's unlike any other possession movie you've ever seen. It puts a completely new spin on the whole concept of it. And it, it it's awesome. It's awesome. Do you find it funny that they decided to release that at the same time that, that Exorcist was coming out? Because I think that that's really kind of key. Because When Evil Lurks has been getting great reviews. As opposed to Believer, which has just sort of been shaky at best. Shaky to the low. I mean, uh, shaky at best is, is a bit generous. <laughs> no, I've I've seen some that I've I've honestly seen some that have been pro and and anti. I, I mean, yeah, so. but yeah, but I, I think last time I checked on Rotten Tomatoes, it had like a like a twenty percent or something. That is not. So, I don't. Yeah, I don't really go by that. Well, right, right, no, but but right, <laughs> but what I'm saying just in terms of its reception, like that, you know, it's it's not. You know, critics are are not liking it. Um, very yeah. much. I mean, there's I a minority go, that are like but. if I go by if I go by a critic site, I usually go by Metacritic over over Rotten Tomatoes. I just I think it's a little mm. more accurate. I don't. I know think they're accurate for, is, for different I, things. Yeah, I don't know. I've just I've just found that it's a little bit more on the ball as like how I see it. Like if I was to put it in a percentage piece, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's about fair. You know? Yeah, yeah. Rather than yeah. I think Rotten Tomatoes is either too lenient or too. Uh, mm. stressed okay. on, on whatever it's doing. Um, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, we could have a whole conversation about this. I yeah, have my yeah, own yeah. theory about Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> versus Metacritic that we won't go into right now. But yeah. um, but, uh, but but to, to get back to your question, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think these release dates were set. I mean, not I think. These release dates were set well before, you know, the reviews came out. Um. So, uh, well, that's I what mean, I'm saying. It, is do you think it, that they had there... a feeling about it, like they that they were like, let's put, like let's put this out in theaters alongside Exorcist, and when people are disappointed at, at the one film that they wanted to see, maybe yeah. they'll 
Maybe they'll want to check us out I, instead. I don't think so because I'm pretty sure I, mean, I haven't checked how how wide the release of this it's, movie oh, is. It's, it's definitely but not. I'm wide, pretty but, sure. Right. But I'm, I'm pretty sure. Judging from what IFC and Shutter and I mean the AMC networks, all of them, what they've done. Mm-hmm with previous movies that have had similar release strategies is probably so, so limited that the vast, vast majority of people are either not going to get to see it in a theater or going to have to go super out of their way to see it so that they're not even going to try. They just wait till shutter. You're really, yeah, but you're thinking about the logistics. Like, so this is what I'm talking about is like, you're thinking the logistics and I'm thinking, I'm thinking as a movie goer, like if I show up in a theater with this, where when evil lurks is playing and I've heard bad things, yes, but they're like, and I've heard good things about this one. It's not three theaters. It's, it's, it's okay, a few it's more at than least, that. It's but at you least five. Regardless of the five <laughs> theaters, if I show up in one of them, <laughs> which I, film I, am I going I to see, see, JP? <laughs> I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But my point is that I think the release of When Evil Lurks is too limited for that to really be much of a factor in the in. in the the dating of you can never it. just you can just never answer the question you're never like no you should go see so like you have the option go see that one oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that's not the question you asked though you asked what i thought about their release I, strategy i te- i teed you up to be like if i had to go see one go see one lurks that's all i teed you up for <laughs> no, no you asked me a completely different question and i answered your question like oh hey jp why didn't you answer the question i didn't ask People should go see this one and not the other one. That's all you had to do. That's all. You- <laughs> okay. Even though I enjoyed Exorcist Believer, I would agree with that. If you're going to see one of these, watch When Evil Lurks. Um, there we go. It's it's better. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to a movie discussion yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So speaking of a movie discussion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now it's the time we, we yep. should get into the uh, the brass tacks here of trick or treat. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Sean, you know, I I have this question for you that's kind of been been burning in my mind. Oh God. You ready for it? No, but you know you can say it anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. Too bad because I don't care. <laughs> so, what is this movie about? Is this the only question that you had? I thought you were really teeing I mean, up some terrible. For now. Okay, this I was expecting <laughs> this. <laughs> uh, you know, All right. I figure if I, you know, if I lower your expectations, I can only I can only exceed them. So, uh, what we have here with Trick or Treat is uh, I don't know if anybody was alive in in two thousand seven. I don't feel like I was. So <laughs> that was a long time ago. Sean, that um, was 16 years ago. See, that's what I'm saying. Is I I'm pretty sure you're out of high school, Sean. Unless you look really, really I'm, old for your age. Look at this hair. Look at I got like a pop star hair. Of course, I'm I'm with it. Uh, <laughs> okay, Sean. Anyway, anyway, back in back in the years of of 2007, we we had this story uh, of basically an anthology story of a handful of of tales. They're told kind of in a creep show uh, sort of way. There's even a comic book entrance and and all of this stuff. And the stories are a, I don't, how do you put, like, it's the, the prince, there's a school principal that's handing out candy with uh, razor blades in it. There's, uh, he's also a killer. He's it's not that it has razor blades. I thought it was, um, it, I always thought it was poisoned. No, it's got razor blades in it. You sure about that? 
Mm-hmm. We even Why? see it at the end. Do we? Yeah, with um, what's his? Doesn't Sam open one of the candies and it's got a razor blade sticking out of it? From the other no, 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 no. Oh, you mean when he kills the the neighbor? Yeah. No, no, no. It's not a razor blade. It's uh, it's a lollipop that got. No, broken. he has a candy bar. He's, yeah, he's yeah, yes, 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 yeah, I, I know. So he, so when he, when he stabs the guy with the lollipop, then, but rather than stabbing him, he actually stabs a candy bar. That, hold on, we're also talking about two different scenes here. So, okay, before that, when he's upstairs underneath the bed, he slices the guy's Achilles tendons. Oh, that part with okay. a razor blade, chocolate okay, bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But, but how do we know that he gets that from the principal? I always thought that that was what happened was he got that from the principal because he's in it. Uh, he's in the end of that scene. I think like he comes to the door and he grabs something or is that the, oh, other, um, the other kids? No, 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 no. So what is it? So, so the trick or truths that come to his house, it's in the middle of that scene. Uh, it's the three kids who take that savant girl out uh, to the, the quarry or whatever. And then after them, Sam comes up and gets some candy. I guess it's possible, but I think when the kid eats the candy, like the kid who who dies, who like throws up and dies, I think if he had eaten something with a razor blade in it, he would have noticed it before he, he swallowed it. it. Right away, maybe it was poison. Yeah, yeah, uh, but but know, either way, he 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 kills anyway, the kid so, with bad so candy. Back to the, back to the, <laughs> so there's a handful of interwoven stories. There's a high school principal who's also a serial killer. There's a a college virgin who just met the guy for her, who turns out to be the the same guy. <laughs> That's the yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's the group of teenagers who pull the mean prank on the autistic girl. She probably mm-hmm. should do. Um, and no. the <laughs> there's the and then we but we start with Leslie Bibb, um, who hates Halloween. And oh, and there's uh, Brian Cox, of course, who lives across the street. All of these people live in very close proximity to each other. I mean, they're <laughs> in the same. Three house. houses are literally wow. no; those three houses are literally like triangle there, like Most, right across you the know, street from Brian Cox. You know, if you know if if you pick any three random houses anywhere, they will form a triangle, Sean. That's okay. <laughs> They don't have don't to be next to each other. No, they, it, they will form a triangle, Sean. <laughs> what if they're in a straight line? Then it will just be a triangle with one line. <laughs> with one gotcha. side, you know? Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. So, yeah, uh, they literally live in a, across the street from each other. So, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah, it's um that's pretty much the plot. It's it's an anthology story. It's it's a creep show movie. It's it's very you know it's very pulp fiction. Like in pulp fiction is what 12, 12 years removed or eleven years removed. I'm not sure exactly what year. I know it was before. It was ninety six. It was ninety five or ninety six. Sometime in the nineties, yeah. But yeah, this feels very pulp fiction. I mean, we also start off uh, at the end and then go back. It it basically mm-hmm. forms a perfect picture. Uh, right. and yeah, it's, that's, that's, uh, that's how that starts. What is your favorite segment of, of this film? Oh man. My favorite segment of the movie, probably the, the, the last one, um, with Sam and Brian Cox. Um, I think, 
I just love the character of Sam. So seeing him actually be the the monster in one of these stories, I think is is really cool. And I love Brian Cox. I think he's he's awesome in everything I've ever seen him in. Yeah, um, no, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I mean, yeah. X Men Two and <laughs> mm-hmm. Succession yeah. and yeah. Uh, never seen Succession. Like, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Autopsy of Jane Doe. We were just mm-hmm. talking about that. Like he's into yeah, yeah. of like. Like that to me, I think is one of the, uh, like, I wish I had seen that when it first came out. I just saw that for the first time this year and it's incredible. Like if you guys haven't seen Autopsy of Jane Doe with with Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch, like that is one, that is one scary ass film that you can just put on this Halloween season. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Highly recommended. But yeah, so, so I think the combination of those two of, of Sam being a great, a great villain and Brian Cox just being an awesome actor, I think makes that last segment the most fun for me. What about you? So for me, the it's, it's the bullying one. It's um, mm, the, okay. the kids that go out, they do the, uh, they do the trick on the girl. Uh, the story is basically that, <laughs> I want to call her Reggie because she's from my favorite show. The 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 angel uh, in the the segment, right? The one that's dressed up like an angel, and she turns oh, yeah, out to yeah. be like the mean the mean girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's from a show called Dead Like Me that Brian uh, Fuller did okay. back in the late '90s. I want to say like the on like right when DVDs were getting popular. So like I had mm-hmm. the Dead Like Me DVDs and and everything, and I was a big fan of that show when it came out. So I yeah, she was in it. She played the sister that, you know, was going through some some stuff and rebelling after her her older sister passes away after getting hit by a toilet and turning into a Grim Reaper. So that's uh that show. But yeah, I always want to call her Reggie. Oh boy. Any, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, <laughs> uh the the angel girl uh basically convinces her friends to draw a autistic girl out of her house so that they can use a I think they needed to use a, one of her pumpkins. They needed one more pumpkin. So they bring her and then they decide that they're going to play a trick on her after telling her mm-hmm. a campfire tale about a bus crash that happened in the quarry that they're uh, set up in. Mm-hmm. So right, right. Uh, she tells them a tale of uh, basically the parents having enough of their kids and wanting to base go back to not having any. And mm-hmm. the bus driver sort of facilitates that and ends up driving them right off the cliff into the quarry that's uh, mm-hmm. filled with you know water so that's uh that's it and then in the midst of all this they end up going down into the quarry and then they pretend that they're the dead kids coming back and then eventually they get attacked by the dead kids and it's it's mm-hmm. lovely <laughs> yeah yep. and we find out that brian cox was the bus driver <laughs> Yes, he was. So, he was yes. <laughs> so like it all it all interconnects and everything. It's, yep, it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, this is this is why we enjoy this film. Mm-hmm. Now the that that is my favorite one for a lot of reasons. I think I I've also been on a weird kick with watching like bullying movies lately. So hmm. it's just sort of weird that it's it's fitting into that. Like I, I think I was okay. telling you last time was it massacre at central high i i ended up watching and and there was something else and even terror at 10 killer sort of fits the the bullying profile a little bit more on the misogyny end hmm, okay which evil judgment seemed like it was right in that too that i was talking about earlier too that it seemed like it fit that you know those two kind of were a good double feature 
So um, one of the big things that I really want to talk about with trick or treat though, is how do you like, how do I put this for you? The, uh, do you notice anything here? That's like, like suburban uh, chaos or suburban evils or anything like, do you, do you notice anything that on that, like saying anything about like suburbia in that, in any aspect? Because like, I definitely do. <laughs> I mean, I guess there are things that you can interpret that way. So, for example, like the the, the principal who ends up being a serial killer. Mm. Um, also, the, the so the, the kids, the bullies in that segment, uh, before they get to the the the, the girl's house, um, they, one of the houses they stop at ends up being this like crazy sex party that their teachers are having yes <laughs> you know um so you know th- there there is a slight undercurrent of you know uh thing you know suburbia is 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 kind of not nearly as as nice and perfect as you might think you know as it seems on the surface so yeah th- there is a bit of that undercurrent there i think it even goes deeper but i don't think, I, mean, I mean the werewolf segment too you could kind of you know, I mean, I guess you can kind of bit. interpret there. I mean, the yeah. more or less in the uh, in sort of like I think it's funny because they kind of use the same idea as Halloween there, where they're all in sort of a like drugstore buying <laughs> buying costumes. Yet it's got mm-hmm. uh, like places where they can change. <laughs> but if you look <laughs> around, like there's just it, it's not it's not a Halloween shop that they're in. Like it's it's strange. I mean, pharmacies by you don't have dressing rooms? No. <laughs> no. Where, really? Where, where do you live, Sean? Live? <laughs> no, so, uh, yeah, I also thought it was funny that they called her Lori, too. And uh, especially when they were in that mm. sort of aspect is because it's sort of the reverse Halloween uh, at, that, at that point. Uh, instead of having a serial killer you have a serial killer stalking like the young girl, right? The little red riding hood aspect. Mm-hmm. Right. And then at the end of it, it's, it's the exact opposite to what you think. Also okay, that, yeah. you know, we talk about, there's a lot of uh, lists online about like the best werewolf transformations and things like this. And this one is freaking fantastic one. Yeah. because it's literally like, they just rip off their skin. Like, they their skin off. Their skin yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like, and they're like they've always been the werewolf underneath, like yeah, yeah, which is which is which is not what we normally get. Normally, what we get is you know is is people's you know normal human bodies transform into werewolf bodies rather than just you know ripping the skin off and be like, hey, my skin is just a mask. Yeah, there's you no know? transformation. So, yeah, it's really original. Yeah, it's yeah. great, like because they're always they're always who they're supposed to be. They're always although, a werewolf, although, right? Like, although, <laughs> although, when uh, when when Anna Paquin is werewolf character, she's the the virgin one. When she bites into the guy, well, you know, she she kind of you know she says, uh, you know, oh my, what big eyes you have, and she kind of yells and then bites into the guy. She does that without ever, without ever technically transforming into a wolf. You know, she she gets like I mean, she transforms a little bit, and like she gets fangs, and her face looks kind of kind of monstrous, but she never actually rips her skin off the way everybody else does. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know the rules there either. Right, right, I exactly, mean, exactly. She was the 
the baby of the litter. So right, right, the runt of the litter. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, runt like of the I litter. Said. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's what it is. Like we just we don't know what the rules are, so we can't really judge. You know, like right, right. But I I forgot why I mentioned that, but there was a reason. But anyway, just yeah. I no, I just I really liked it. I thought it was something different. It's some you know you don't see that usually. You get the American werewolf uh, from yeah, London, yeah. and everybody yeah, yeah. trying to copy it. Sean, Sean, it's in a it's first of all it's an American werewolf. It doesn't and matter. it's in London. All right, Sean. I said that. <laughs> get, you said you said from London. Whatever, man. Get it right, Sean, or I will fire you and replace you with someone else. <laughs> I'm glad my words keep come back to haunt me. That's always fun. <laughs> Next week, Brendan takes <laughs> Oh, man. Um, that was just yeah, a weird but, coincidence. That. <laughs> but, uh, but getting back to... Um, Getting back to the question of kind of suburban chaos. So, so you say it runs deeper than what I just mentioned. No, um, I, I think that it like, I think that there are more scenes. I mean, we're also talking about like parents and their, their kids and the kids going overboard in a school bus and things like that. Like there's a lot more suburban chaos going on here. Oh, I mean, I mean, uh, yes, they're, they're in that sense, but I, okay. I, I guess you were saying like in, in a more, Okay. Just in a blatant, yeah. just in the regular in bland, blatant sense, But I mean, yeah. is there is there undercurrents of like a weird society going on? Yeah, for sure. Like that woman that you, uh, is throwing that party. Also, another character from Dead Like Me. That's Dolores Herbig. Um, <laughs> you can we can go with that. Like we know that that stuff happens, but where it happens is like whatever but the thing mm-hmm. is is that they're, they're also not the ones out causing the chaos they're inside causing like just doing their own thing minding their own business it's everyone else that's causing chaos mm-hmm. like so i mean yeah. you can talk about like the, the whatever kind of seedy sleazy underbelly you want to talk about there but they're actually just hanging out having mm-hmm. time of their lives as a hot dog but fucking a pig that's you know i mean you know what what's halloween for you know if you don't do that on halloween then you're not celebrating it right yeah i think you know gotta, you know gotta take off the edge somehow right exactly you know, that's, <laughs> oh boy <laughs> but yeah i mean um, i just think that there's a i think that there's a lot in this in this movie that uh and i not only that but i think that there's a lot in a lot of movies that people genuinely love like halloween or uh Nightmare on Elm Street that is very much about, you know, suburbia, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, I think... problems with suburbia. So they were... <laughs> sorry, I think everybody just yeah. thought, like, from the 70s to the 80s that they were going to move from the cities to these nice... Pla- like, these nice little patchwork places, and we're never going to mm-hmm. have a problem again. And then, you know, like a movie like this... <laughs> It's yeah, exactly. It's just mm. all violence and chaos. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. The, the, the stuff does happen in the suburbs. You know, there are werewolves and killer principles. Your yep. uh, community is what you make of it. So, yeah, are you helping yeah. it or hurting it? That's how you have to. Look yeah, at yeah, it. exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, that that that's something that you know, especially <clears throat> especially mentioned like Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, that's that, I mean, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street is all about you know, kind of. So what these parents did in secret and the, the, the secret, you know, of, of what these parents did. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a, well, a big not only tradition that, in like, horror. There's the reason that they did it, right. Was to protect oh, their yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Like, which you get, I think is the greatest, 
it's really the greatest subtext ever put into well i won't say ever put but like it's one of the greatest (laughs) ever put into uh into a horror film because half the movie is the kids trying to figure out why they're being attacked and their parents just fucking lying to them (laughs) (laughs) like that's that's my marital street (laughs) yeah basically basically Uh, all right, so so back to uh, back to trick or treat. Um, one of the things that I love about this movie, and I and I actually wrote an article about this. Uh, I think it was about two years ago. Um, and what is it called? Let's see. It is called Trick or Treat is a cinematic celebration of Halloween. So there's a real emphasis in this movie on the rules and traditions of Halloween. Yes, you know, so like, you know, so even in that, even the movie opens with this like edu- with this like educational video about some guidelines for Halloween safety, and I mean, obviously, the movie is not about guidelines for Halloween safety, but just that that general idea of rules to follow on Halloween is very big in the movie. Even in in that first segment um, with Leslie Bibb, you know, she 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 gets killed because she blows out a jack o' lantern before midnight, and her husband even says, "Don't do it." You know, you shouldn't do it because it's an ancient tradition. But she does it anyway, and she dies. Even in, and then in the the bullying segment, um, it's interesting that the the dead kids, you know, like it, you know, in in most anthologies, this would just be a morality tale where you know the kids bully someone and then they get killed for bullying. But that's not actually what happens here. The, the dead kids don't come back and kill them immediately after they immediately after they bully the the, the savant girl um, they come back after one of the kids blows out a jack-o'-lantern so again it's it's more about breaking the rules of Halloween breaking the traditions than about being a morality tale and if you look at you know all of the the segments, pretty much all of them follow that same kind of logic where someone breaks uh, a rule or tradition of Halloween, and then they pay for it. Um, the killer principal one, you know, he kills the kid who I mean he's doing a lot of things. He's not wearing a costume. He's you know smashing jack o' lanterns, and then as the principal even says explicitly, you forgot one other tradition. You should check your candy. You know, yeah. the the last one with Sam, you know, he's about to kill the guy, stabs him with the lollipop. And then he finds that he actually stabbed the candy bar. And then he lets the guy go. He takes that as the guy giving him candy. That's, and so yeah, following the tradition, the you know, yeah. but one thing that, that doesn't fit that pattern. And I'm wondering if you have any insight into this, because I, I have theories about what it might be, but I'm not entirely satisfied with my theories. So the werewolf segment, Mm-hmm. They killed the principal. Yeah. What tradition did he break? I mean, the principal, I don't necessarily know that he's really breaking a tradition mm-hmm. so much as he is becoming a part of somebody else's. I, I th- That's kind of my theory. Um, I mean, if you're and, going that route, that's yeah. the only thing I can see. But at the same time, I think that that scene is way more about I think that has like a bit of a misogynist aspect to it. Like he's just, he's awful, right? Like he's a serial I, I, killer. I mean, yes, he, he's awful, but, but you know, the movie's not about necessarily punishing bad people. It's about punishing people who don't follow the rules of Halloween. And so, I well, mean, well, go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretending to be a big web, bad wolf, right? 
like going after young women and mm-hmm. it, you know that he thinks is vulnerable uh mm-hmm. i just look at it as i do see it as recompense i just you know i, I mean you want to see it i think it's just I, a halloween yes. tale i i've really never put together that i mean other than sam re- realistically um i've never really put it together that it was anything other than just sort of that i mean you're saying it now and it kind of makes sense but mm-hmm. i i've never seen it as anything other than you know a handful of tales just being told okay that's fair but yeah but i you know i think you're right that it's not so much that he's punished for breaking a halloween tradition but rather you know the these werewolf girls killing people is just them following their tradition and he's kind of just in the wrong place at the wrong time. They even say when they're in the dressing rooms, when uh, Anna Paquin's character says, oh, you know, don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. They even say, oh, it's tradition, you know? Um, so that element of tradition is still there. It just, yeah. to me, I don't know. It, 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 it just seems. I would say it's probably that, yeah. but at the same time, you, I think you have to look at the duality of the, the wolf aspect. Like he's mm-hmm. pretending to be one, and she actually is one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's that. I think also part of it could be. Um, so earlier, when the principal is talking to the kid on the stoop, right? He, he he explains to the kid that Halloween is about respecting the dead, and he says it's because Halloween is the one night when the dead roam free, and so do all sorts of other things. And so that to me implies that Halloween is not just about respecting the dead, but also about respecting those other things that roam free along with the dead. And by pretending to be one of those things, but not really being one of them, he's actually disrespecting them. Hmm. So that could be, you know, that might be a bit too circuitous, but that could be, you know, the way that he breaks the tradition. So, but I don't know. I mean, that whole, that whole part is very like expedition heavy, like between that Mm -hmm. and the, the Leslie Bibb scene. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be, I really just, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Like I said, I've never really, never really gone that far into it before, Mm -hmm. I suppose. But yeah. yeah. yeah, So, all right. So you know what? It It makes sense. (laughs) All right. Our next guest has to be Michael Dougherty. And we have to ask him that question. Get on it, Sean. I'll have to, him on I'll Instagram. Have to somehow figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, I remember when this movie came out. I'm like, so this was like a direct to to DVD sort of thing. Yeah, it it's, have, it's uh, such a weird situation because yeah, if yeah, it, 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 it was direct to video. Well, yeah. no, it, it, it was released in theaters like a year or two ago for the first time. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember it ever yeah. coming out. If it was, it was yeah, pretty it was, limited. But it, it, I just never no, seen it, it, it in Best Buy and just like, pick, yeah, I think it, I bought it for like $25, which it, like, it's by just director video. 15 years yeah. later or whatever it is, it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you get it for it, like five bucks now. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy because it's so good. And I don't know who, you know, who at Lionsgate, I think this is Lionsgate. No, it was um, Warner Brothers. This is Warner Premiere. Yep. Really? Okay. Well, anyway, or who at whatever studio or whatever distributor it was watched this movie said, this is a direct-to-video movie. I mean, to be fair, these days, direct-to-video doesn't, isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, plenty of movies go direct-to, you know, VOD. But back in well, 2007... Streaming. I mean, the direct-to-Blu-ray direct direct Blu-ray 
DVD market, like that's pretty much where that's going now is it's just going to streaming. Like, right. Exactly. exactly. Is, is it should work for streamers to buy something that's like, you know, that costs 10, you know, $10,000 to make and, and buy it for mm-hmm. like 20, you know, and like the, put it, you know, put it on and make your money that, you know, from mm-hmm. wherever, but that, that, you know, I think about these things and sort of, how distribution used to work and don't understand why the models don't with streaming. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a super complicated question that us little peons will never be able to answer adequately. Well, let's break. put it this way. The, those, those people haven't been able to answer. It. Well, <laughs> that's, that why, too. that's I think too, yeah. that's why a whole bunch of things just sort of like stopped there for a while. Oh boy. Yeah. And they're still stopped, you know, a lot of them at least. Well, I was thinking um, yeah. more. I wasn't thinking the strike so much as like we saw like Netflix cut a, a ton of people. We saw Shutter last oh, yeah, uh, yeah. fall after after uh, October. They they shuttered a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So like Boy. there's <laughs> these streaming services aren't, aren't you know they they kind of just didn't figure out the the correct model right mm-hmm. away. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you know it's yeah it, it's a tough business, but um but yeah it just I don't know who thought this was a a good idea. To, I don't know who thought it was a good idea to make this a direct-to-video release back in 2007 when direct-to-video was for second-tier movies at best, you know? Well, it's I and to be honest with you, I honestly think it is, like, it. I think it's Warner. Like, I, this went on to... Well, well I, premiere, I mean, right, but, but like... Which, to who, be honest with you, the only other thing that I've seen Warner Premiere put out that notably are, like, the DC animated movies right like all of those are on like warner premiere because that's their mm-hmm. direct to dvd market and it doesn't you know mm-hmm. it, i just think warner had no idea about this movie like they were like is this is this good is is this yeah, is this yeah. good <laughs> someone yeah. tell me it's yeah, good it's... Uh, and here we are we've been clamoring for a sequel since <laughs> since, since 2007 yeah <laughs> and um yeah. like Every couple of years, we get wind. Oh, it's happening! Oh, it's not happening! Oh, it might be happening again. You know, oh, and man. it's kind of where we're at now. Is it's it's twenty twenty three. A year ago, we got an update that said, "Hey, active development," and it's twenty twenty three. And there's some more. You know, it's October, so there's a lot of websites and things putting things out there that say this might actually be happening. But there's still no official word that anything has actually happened. A few. I was telling you before this. There's a few year years ago that. Um, Shutter started doing a like gulag with like Sam and and all of them from it was like the mm-hmm. trick or treat gulag, and there was talk then there was whispers of oh Shutter's actually got this thing done and they're going to premiere it on on Shutter and it's going to be like a secret movie release and all this stuff, and of course that didn't happen and uh, you know there's been whispers since then no Shutter's made the movie like there's you know they they have like these segments that they've they've filmed and i'm like okay <laughs> so there's a million different theories that this thing is either done or ready to go or coming out or you know let's just let's just wait and see what michael says i guess because we're gonna have to have him on now <laughs> exactly exactly you know, i'm gonna have to get it straight from the horse's mouth <laughs> just gonna have to find the guy Gonna be fun for for me, Mr. Producer. Yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, this is why I don't have Twitter 
or X or whatever it's called. It's or so that you Instagram. can't do any of this type of work. I understand. Exactly. I just I just tell you to do it. I just, you know, send my little <laughs> wing monkey Sean. To go I'm, I'm to really just people. your assistant in disguise. That's really all exactly, <laughs> exactly. 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 and his yeah. assistant. Yep, yep, you're you're like my gopher, you know? Um, go for Michael Dougherty. Go for this guy, that guy, you know. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a live podcast somewhere someday, and you're gonna be like, "It's time for the magician's trick." And here's my beautiful assistant, Sean. Get in the box, Sean. Here comes the swords. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doubt that because I would never call you beautiful. Ah, <laughs> you sure know how to take a guy's breath away. I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> it's what I do. It's what I do. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, kind of my my main thing with this movie is um is the, the like the rules and traditions of Halloween. I love how I mean we mentioned you know how it's all connected, and I love that about and and that's one of the reasons why this is my favorite anthology of all time. Um, generally with generally with anthologies, I tend to prefer movies that that have a frame story that connects it all into one coherent narrative. And this one doesn't doesn't have a frame story per se, but the interconnectedness of all the different segments kind of you know plays that same role. Like it 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 does the same thing that a frame story does. I get what you're talking about. There's a there's a fluidity to this movie where everything just sort of like moves together, and you yeah, can see yeah. the ins and outs of it. Right, like right, as exactly. Opposed to, as opposed to something that's standalone, like say, yeah, yeah, the first creep show that's just sort of everything. It, yeah, separate. just. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I love that about this movie. I love the fact that it's not just here's one story, then here's another, then here's another. Like we switch back and forth between yeah. them. I think that kind of keeps you on your toes. It creates like a, a sense of suspense, almost like you like you know you 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 want to know what's coming next, but the movie forces you to wait. Um, I love that about it, and I, I I love how how Sam shows up all the time. Uh, you know, just you know, what what like when the as a background character, yeah. If yeah. he, he just you know, I mean, at the end and the beginning, you know, he kind of bookends the movie, you know, as the villain of those two stories. But in in between them, he's just observing and just watching these people get mauled, essentially. You know, uh, which yeah. is kind of weird, I guess, when you think about it. But it's somehow awesome. No, I, I get it. Uh, so I I'm not big on anthology horror like as a whole i think sometimes like some of them i think are good like i really like southbound i've watched that quite a few Ooh, times and yeah, I really enjoyed great. That. uh this is one i really enjoy but uh some anthologies i i, I remember watching a couple a couple of years ago I, I think i reviewed uh one of them and uh, it wasn't just a standalone story there was this thing connecting them but it felt like the thing that was connecting them didn't necessarily do the job like there was no real interconnectivity you could, it was just a placeholder where you could put any stories in between and hmm. it would have still worked like it okay and that to me i like i feel like that's real i feel like that's lazy mm-hmm. <laughs> like i get anthologies are a lot of work like they're really hard to do because mm-hmm. you're relying on x number of people to deliver you know their versions of things uh one that i thought was really ambitious was phobias that just turned out not to be mm. all that great yeah uh, I, I i i haven't seen that one but i like you said i i heard you know stuff like that about it so i just never yeah. remember watching it the, i can't remember what the name of the one that i watched was like the one that i was just mentioning before that mm-hmm. but 
it, I can't, yeah, it just, it wasn't, it's not, it's not worth it. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, anthologies are tough because, like, I remember when, um, when Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark came out, uh, Guillermo del Toro said something about why, uh, why they decided to make it one single narrative rather than an anthology, which is kind of what you would expect given the source material. And what he said is that anthologies are us- are generally only as good as their worst segment. Um, yeah. I don't agree with that entirely, but I think, you know, he's right. Like anthologies are tough to get right because, you know, you can have, if you do three or four stories, you can have some great ones, but if you have one bad one, that really drags it down. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I also, I also agree with that in the idea that you're no longer looking at the film as a film. You're never not looking at it as a, as a whole, a complete picture. You're looking at the vignettes and judging mm-hmm. the vignettes versus oh, judging course, the thing yeah. as a whole. And that's yeah, that's yeah. sort of what that does too is when you're when you're judging the worst segment, you know, yeah, you're yeah. you're finding the holes in the whole thing, but you're it's also like, oh, if that one wasn't in it, it might have been better, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And you're yeah, you're yeah. not really judging you're not judging the whole movie. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they relying on themes that are in that <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's it's tough because because when 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 you're you know when you're watching an anthology, like it, it's tough to to judge the movie as a whole because in a certain sense there is no whole. Like it really is just these different these just these different stories. And even if they're bound together by a frame story or the way Trick or Treat is, like it still really is just different piece. I mean, trick or treat, I think does it the best of integrating it all into a single whole. And for the most part, it feels like one, it really feels like one, you know, cohesive movie, but even this one, you know, it, it is very much different pieces. Um, mm. Rather oh, than no, it, one it, totally cohesive narrative, you know, I mean it all, but the thing is, is where it's all interconnected. Like I said, it plays like Pulp Fiction. Like Pulp mm-hmm. Fiction goes back and forth and, and all of that. Trick or Treat doesn't go back and forth so much as it starts at the end and then goes in, it goes back well, to the it, beginning after its intro. Well, it does go back and forth a bit. You know, it does go back and forth from story to story. At, oh, like, I guess, you, yeah, because you also times. have you also have uh, Brian Cox at the end there that, you know, interconnects to. So. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is even, even when it's even in the middle, it's not just – Here's this one story beginning to end. Here's this other story beginning to end. Oh yeah, no, no that was not what I was talking about. I was just talking about like the narrative as a whole, kind of like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but with all the stuff we've been saying about how tough it is to to do an anthology, I think you know that just goes to show you how you know how monumental or how how great of a job Michael Darity did with this one because he he navigated all those potential pitfalls and he absolutely nailed it. Yeah. You, know? you got it right. He made a great yeah. movie despite all those different ways that the movie could have gone wrong. Yeah. And we're still talking about it 16 years later, which means yeah. it's, it's doing a good job of standing the test of time. Yeah. And exactly. versus like <laughs> some of these other ones that we've, we've sort of half mentioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, all right, yeah, I don't, I don't really have much else to talk about with this movie. All right, bring us Trick or Treat Two, though. Like, yes, 
We know like you're listening. Now. Yeah, of course. <laughs> all, the, all the big horror directors listen to us, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're all five of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 30. <laughs> we're up, we're up to 30. I, I mean, ten, potato, potato. Ten, ten, more than we, 10 more than we had when we like, <laughs> actually it's like 15 more than we had when we first started. So, hey, what ah, difference nice. a year makes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, next year we'll maybe have, you know, 32. That That's the dream, Sean. It's a dream. I can dream. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, as always, uh, you want to read our writings, the greatest writings on the internet. They're at horrorobsessive.com. They're mostly you know, JPs. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that goes without saying. You know, when you're talking about great writings, that, that goes without saying. You know, I didn't say great. Well, I did. So. Um, and uh, join us again in two weeks when we do what we were supposed to do this time. <laughs> yes, in two weeks, come back. We're, we'll do the actual thing that we said we were going to do. Yes. Yes, we're going to have Michelle Ainuoto on for to promote her film Live Screamers and uh, some of the cast might be present as well. So we are very much looking forward to that and uh, we hope you are too. Uh, that will be in two weeks. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.